Welcome to the Pure Gold Podcast. This is Jared Pickney, and today I am joined by Bryce Anderson, who is a sales rep for Syngenta, and also his wife, Heidi Anderson, who is an accountant for Heidi Anderson CPA, and both of you just so happen to be uh, friends of mine. We've been friends for quite a while. Right. I, don't, I can't remember how many years it's been. When did you move to Paragold, Bryce? Oh, I moved here, Jared, at the very end of 04. So 05, basically. Yeah, y'all were friends pre-wife. That yeah, is true. wife come later. That yep. is true. We actually played in a band together. We did. Yep. You were the keys. You want to talk <laughs> more about that? We played, we played uh, one, oh, you played one show with us, right? I did, at least, yes. Um, have you ever played that type of music again? No, I have not, nor <laughs> previous. Where was the show at? Was it at the Powerhouse yeah. in Jonesboro? Was it in the Powerhouse? Or was it behind the Powerhouse at that No, it was park? in the Powerhouse. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. There's a good chance I was there. Really? A little ninth grader. Yeah. yeah. Bryce was throwing down those keys like none other. Mm, you still play, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you you play with? Uh, what's the name of the band? Everyday Life. That's it. Yeah, Everyday, Everyday Life. Life. Tell them what you just got back from. Well, I just got yeah, Bryce. back. Um, I've been gone the last two days in Tampa, which is, is not that big a deal. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Triple Nickel, um, Rick Crawford plays music. Really? Yeah, I don't know if you know that. Our congressman, he sings. So um, he's pretty good, and he's written some stuff. Um, so anyways, they have a normal keyboard player in Triple Nickel. Well, it's Ken, Lod- Ken Wadley here in town. Normally plays with them. Okay. But he couldn't make this show. So a month or so ago, they asked if I'd come play with them. Really? So with hey, him. I know Ken Wadley. And to say that you filled in for him is an incredible compliment. Oh, uh, okay. Hold on. We'll go, we'll back up a little. Ken Wadley <laughs> is here, uh, way up here. I'm down here somewhere. Ken is phenomenal. Ken is very good. Ken is very and good. And I'm sure you are too. No, but um, anyway, so it was kind of, it was fun. But he recommended you. Well, I knew, um, so I played with Corey Jackson, you know, down in Jonesboro. Okay. A little bit. Um, I haven't played with Corey much in the last year or so, but his drummer also plays with, um, in Triple Nickel with Rick. And so anyways, his drummer said, hey, need a keyboard player, and his drummer called me and said, hey, you want to do it? So In Tampa? There was a big Republican um, fundraiser there. Trump was the speaker. Really? Yep, President Trump. No, we were not in the actual um, fundraiser, so we were next door. And so we kind of played for an after-hours deal after the um, the big fundraiser. So a Good crowd? Yeah, I guess. You know, I didn't – it was in and out a lot, yeah. Yeah, it was a good crowd. Are you nervous? I was, yeah, a little bit, but no, not really. I mean, you know, we. What we songs? Did, y'all do like cover songs or is that kind of material? Okay. A couple, you know, originals, yeah, all covers. But it was stuff we didn't really practice much. So I was the, I was green. They, I would, they pay your travel or did you just take that out of your own pocket for the experience? No, it was, it was very good pay. Yeah. Really? So, was, Man, was, that's fantastic. It was a cool deal. But that was just a one off deal. It was a lot of fun, though. Good guys. And, um, Normally just, yeah, I play with Everyday Life quite a bit. Are you going to ask Everyday Life to now put you in the front of the band because <laughs> no. of that experience? Hey, Shannon Freeman's the front of the band. <laughs> if you know Shannon. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know it's Shannon. hard to compete yeah, with that. Yeah. He's going to stay at the front of the band, I can promise. And I you don't no, want to work the crowd like that? I have no desire to take that role. <laughs> promise. <laughs> Not going to be like standing up on your keyboard. Uh, and I try and hide somewhere in the back. Uh, trying to. Oh, that's awesome. So, all right, you you said you got here in 2004? Yeah. Right. All right. What brought you to Paragold? Because you're not from here. Where are you from originally? Tell us. Ooh. So that for those listeners that don't know, Bryce Anderson, tell us a little bit about you know, where you're from and, and how you eventually got to Paragold and, and how did them will transition. Because yeah. you came here a little bit later, same thing. Same question for you coming up. So Yeah, I'll give the cliff note version. Um, yeah, from western Nebraska, central Nebraska. Um, kind of middle of nowhere, rural Nebraska. 
and um, grew up there. Went to one room schoolhouse until eighth grade, and then um, went to wait a one room schoolhouse. It was pretty rural. Yep. Wow. K through eighth and one back in the nineteen twenties. Whenever I was. (laughs) Yeah. I tell people I always went to town school. Did you grow up right beside? No, on the other side of town. We were closer to town, so I went to town school. How far away was the town school? Uh, We lived about thirteen miles out. Why didn't you go to town school? Because there was a country school like four miles away. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you wanted the small. You wanted the small experience, right? Probably. You know, everybody. So it's rural. I mean, that was pretty much what everyone did there. You know, it's um, it's a farm and ag community. So there was two schools actually up there, and uh, mine had like ten or twelve kids, which was big. The one up the road had like six or eight. So uh, <laughs> you guys were busting out the seams. Yeah, we busted the seams. But yeah, I mean, it was you know my siblings all went there and so yeah so yeah okay so what did your y'all grow up y'all were a farm a farm family right yeah yeah so I grew up there and my my family's still all farms back there and Heidi's family too um and then um yeah after high school sorry I I said the cliff note version this is is a long version we Um, don't need the cliff note version but yeah so then went to town school of course in high school um and then uh went to University of Nebraska um for college Graduated in, gosh, I guess it was 03, graduate college. And um, my pretty little wife here, had we started dating that summer. And so anyways, kind of one of them When deals. did y'all meet, by the way? Were y'all in high school when y'all met? Well, maybe initially, but. Okay. We started dating. So it's a small later. town. So, yeah. you know, you kind of know everybody. Okay, okay. Like I was friends with his sister. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. 3,500 folks. So you're at Nebraska whenever y'all started dating? Yeah, I, we were both back for a summer. You can tell that one, Heidi, or how we met. Heidi would be better at that. Okay, yeah. But she probably would be a lot better yeah, at we, that. Yeah, she'll be better at that. But, yeah, we met. Um, we were both back for a summer, and we and then we started dating. And, actually, I had one more year of school left. But when I got out of school, it's kind of one of them deals where um, I could always stay home. But mm-hmm. I, I was kind of at a point where I knew if I went home, I'd always be there. Really? And, you know, and why, it, why it did that bother you? It wouldn't, I don't know if it bothered me. But, you know, it's one of them deals where, I don't know, it's just kind of, if you don't, kind of a, a time in life where you could make, you know, that decision. Mm-hmm. You could change. You could, you know. Like, if I'm ever going to go, like, somewhere else and see what the world's like yep. or kind of go to my own, now's the time to do it. Yeah. And then if I ever want to come back, then I can go back later. Kinda. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, I still have so much sympathy for someone in that age because that is there's some big decisions to make uh, yeah. at that age. And you're not really prepared to make those well, your picks. brain's not even fully <laughs> developed yet at that yeah point. i mean you know you don't realize the magnitude of those decisions so I'm, i always have a lot of sympathy for kids like hey i don't know what i want to do all that um because i was there and i didn't really know what I, exactly what i wanted to do but i had some experience um working outside the farm i worked in the farm and then i worked also for a um, crop scout basically another company and i, I checked crops and so i had some experience with in the business that i'm doing now <clears throat> and you graduated with ag degree Graduate with an ag biz degree, yep. Okay. Plant science minor, yep. And so are you just like at that point, like, you know, I, I want to go away from home for a while, try something else. So did you just like literally get online and start looking at all these <laughs> different jobs? Like how, how did you end up here? Oh, man. You know, um, I have to think about this. I haven't thought about some of this in years. Um, really what I did is, so I knew I wanted to get away from home. Heidi was at school at Baylor. She went to Baylor, which she'll tell you about. Um in Texas, uh, Waco, Texas. And um, 
I decided we were dating. I was like, if I'm going to get away, now's going to, you know, I need to do it now. I had job offers there at home, you know, um, with the company I'd worked for a little bit in college. But um, I want to get away from home. So she was in Texas. I went down to visit one time, and I had a couple contacts through the company I'd worked for. And I just started, actually, I just went visiting. I just walked in the door and said, you know, here's who I am, and you got a job, basically. And, and I did have a couple I talked to ahead of time. So I dr- took uh, probably two days, maybe a day or two, probably two days, and went and visited a bunch of different um, contacts I had or, you know, just kind of leads. And ended up, I got a job as really just an intern. I mean, they needed somebody for that summer to do what I had been doing, scouting. And long story short, it turned into about a year and a half. So I was down there, which was great. It was a great time. Loved it. Wouldn't, I wouldn't live in Texas permanently, but loved the experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I was down there for a year and a half. And, um, and in the meantime, Heidi and I had kind of like went our separate ways a little, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so... Um, which was the best thing probably for both of us yeah. at the time. I, you know, I was probably not in the best state where I could probably be a great new relationship. And mm-hmm. so anyways, long story short, um, I've been there about a year and a half and I decided that, um, I might want to go back closer to home. I mean, it was 15 hour drive to home. We're the only ones that really have left Nebraska mm-hmm. still. All your family's still there. All my family's still there. Yeah. So. So I thought, you know, I might get closer to home. I'd made a contact with the company I work with now, um, the, the rep that was calling on me and I was working with pretty close. I mentioned that to him. He said, yep. He said, I can get you an interview. He said, there's a job opening back home, Kansas, Nebraska area, and get you an interview. So great. So they flew me to Kansas City. I interviewed, didn't get the job, and come back, and um, which was fine. You know, I didn't really like was, – it wasn't jump up and down to leave, but mm-hmm. – and so anyways, didn't get the job where he called me two weeks later and said, hey, I can get you another interview in Arkansas. Hmm. And I'd never even been to Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew nothing about Arkansas. Um, didn't know a soul. <clears throat> and so I said, why not? You know, good experience. I'll go mm-hmm. interview. So they flew me to Memphis, interviewed. Um, it's kind of one of them things. I think it was a God thing because I'd already got, basically they narrowed it down to three people and I got in on them three. So just because hmm. I knew the right person, basically. Hmm. Um, and so they put me in the interview the last four, interviewed, waited about two weeks, and I figured, you know, good experience, whatever, wasn't going to get the job. I was actually kind of looking around at another position back closer to home at that time. But I called my, my boss, was soon to be my boss one day. I was like, I'm just going to call him. Hadn't heard nothing. So I called him, talked to him for a second. He said, yep, I just made a decision. He said, I want to hire you. Wow. So that was how I got to Arkansas. Wow. And they, but you could have lived anywhere in Northeast Arkansas. Is that right? I could have. So I come here, and he kind of – he knew the area. Um, Bruce was his name. Great guy. And he said, you know, I would probably live – of course, my area, which is still my area now, in Northeast Arkansas and a little bit of the Boot Hill of Missouri is where I cover and work with the accounts there. And so um, he said, I would probably live in Kennett or Paragould. And he said, you can live in Jonesboro, but Jonesboro is right on the edge of my area. Okay. And he said, if you want to live in Jonesboro, that's fine. You can make that decision. But he said, I would probably recommend living in your area, you hmm. know, Kennett So I just took a road trip one day and drove all the way up here and, and visited Paragold and visited Kennett. And, you know, I liked Paragold right away. Hmm. Can't even tell you why, but it just it felt right. That's cool. Well, so. I want to get back to kind of first impressions of Paragold here in a minute. But you were here in 2004, and it was how long? You all started dating again, if I remember correctly. Um uh, Y'all started dating again after you moved here, correct? That's yep. correct. 
And then y'all decide you want to get married. That was when? A year? Two years after you've been here? Yeah. We got married at the fall of 06. Okay. So you moved here in 06, Heidi? Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about your journey. Like how you got, obviously, I know how you got how you got here. But yeah, so, tell me how you got to Baylor. And uh, I got to Baylor because I wanted to go someplace different mm-hmm. uh, than the University of Nebraska. And I went to uh, Nebraska Baylor football game with my dad. And that was kind of like on the top of my list. That's cool. And it was warm because I don't like to be cold. <laughs> and so really like in-depth decision making, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and loved it. It was a great fit for me. I mean, it was great. I'm really trying to indoctrinate my children, our children. Yes. That green and gold and sick and bears is the only way to go. Yeah. Um, and hopefully she's a house divided for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, there are several uh, people I know that went to Baylor uh, that are around here and they like tried to encourage your kids to do the same thing. So yes. apparently they, everyone Absolutely. has a good experience there. Mm-hmm. That's great. Were you there for graduate school or uh, undergrad? Both. So then my, the business program, the accounting program, you just rolled into your master's. Uh-huh. And so um, I did my undergrad and my master's there at the same time. It was a great program. And in accounting? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. In accounting. Yep. And um, then I was home the first summer. Um, after my freshman year of college, and I was home with my dad and then working at the golf course. Can I tell this story? Yeah. Okay. So then, so I was running, they ran beer cart, special on men's league. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd like drive around and sell stuff. It might be better to call it a drink cart. A drink, was, a I mean, drink cart. Yeah, the drink cart. It was all drinks. Yeah, it was drinks, all sorts of drinks. Yeah. And then women's league was Tuesday, and the women were like, what? Why did the men get beverage girls and <laughs> we don't get a beverage boy and cool. so um Bryce has just always been I mean he could talk with anybody yeah. and so um they I don't know how they anyway Bryce started running beverage you cart. became a beverage cart uh, guy for a couple summers yeah Man, they loved him you you've done a little bit of everything it was actually a lot of fun really yeah, yeah okay. those women were great yeah they loved him so that's how then we met because then we were both working at the same place, so. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. So y'all decide, uh, all right, we feel like we have uh, grown up a little bit. Let's revisit the relationship. You get engaged, get married, you come back. Are y'all thinking when you moved here, this is home? Or are you like, it's home for now? Yeah, no. <laughs> 18, 24 months. That's kind of what we talked about. Okay. Bryce would take something different. I could probably find work any, I mean, any place. Accounting's pretty portable. Mm-hmm. That was our plan when we got married. And 15 years and three kids and, or two kids and whatever later, we really love it. You're still here. What do you, um, what do you love about Paragold? Well, it's cliche, but you know, it's just the, the folks here, the people. I mean, we're kind of like social beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, I, I always have been. Heidi, I got to force her to be a little bit once in a while, but she's more social than she thinks she is. Yeah. But, you know, it's... Um, Y'all really have done a great job, by the way, developing friendships. I looked at your... Um, I can't remember, it was your beach trip that y'all had told uh-huh. us about, and you had... I don't know. It was, that's a big group of people. And I'm looking at that, I'm like, there are folks that have lived in the same city their entire life and don't have those kind of friendships. It's a privilege. It, you get a good church family and good friends. I mean... Why would you leave? You know, like yeah. you can't find that. And Paragold's easy to get. There's not that like, oh, you're not from here, so you know, 
you got to, it's just easy to get, it, people are just welcoming, friendly. Yeah. Well, and you just said kind of a little line that I know you might not even thought it was that powerful, but I think it's so important for people to hear, which is like, if you've got good relationships, like that should be, like that's worth staying for. Amen. Yeah. You know, because I think that that's not normative, like that kind of thinking, especially in our, our day and age, it's like go after the money, you know, or go after the accomplishment. And then it's like you end up, some people maybe even like they climb to the top of that mountain, they get there, then they realize they're all alone. Like there's nobody there with them. And so I think like relationships is what makes, it is what makes life worth living. You know, yeah. is being able to share experience with people. And you guys have done that. Like, so did y'all put yourself out there? Like, how did you begin to develop those friendships? Was it through a church? Was it through playing music? How'd that happen? Man, it was a combination. And, and you know, and just to back up what you said, I mean, relationships for us, I think everybody's different, but that really is us. I mean, that's really kind of like what drives us. I mean, that's, and that was why, like, going back, I planned on being here two years and going back home. That was really my plan when I moved here. But when I first moved here, um, you know, there's connectors. You know, there's people that are connectors. Mm. And we've talked about this. You know, the people are just, there's some people that are so good at that. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of them in Paragold. Hmm. And so that friend group that we have, which is a great friend group. I mean, Jared, you're a connector. I yes. mean, you know, I'm, you're a connector. We've talked about that. You connect people. Um, you know, you. I met you early on. Um, Brian and Trish Brightwell, they were great. I mean, great connecting people. Still good connecting people. You know, um, church. You know, um, I went to Eastside. Went to the gym. Casey, um, yes. Casey Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was one of them deals where it just kind of, a connection here, a connection there, and pretty soon you knew kind of the same folks. And, um, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. But What do you think it takes? Because I think this is really this is an important topic. And, like, every episode, I, I never I never know where it's going to go. But I just felt this is at this moment needs to go this direction. There are people who are listening right now that I can promise you are lonely, and they don't have deep friendships. They don't have deep relationships. I mean, there's a loneliness epidemic in our entire country. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, what can someone do, like what can you do um, to develop healthy, long-lasting friendships? Because it's not a coincidence. It doesn't happen by accident. Um, it's not just that y'all found, just so happened to luckily find just the right people. So I'm curious, and you've probably never even thought about this, but like as you look at your own story, like what was necessary for y'all to develop deep relationships you know it's kind of it's a little scary but you just got to be vulnerable I think and throw yourself out there Mm. I mean I think that's really because when I moved here I guess you know I didn't know a soul but I wasn't going to sit at home you know looking at the four walls Um, and I I mean like I said I I always go back I think it was a God thing because I met people right away that are connectors but you really think you got to open up and be vulnerable and, you know, and, and go out there and don't be, I mean, I've never had a whole lot of, you know, trouble talking to folks. I guess maybe that helps me in that too. But, um, that vulnerability thing is huge, man. Brene Brown, we talked about her a little bit earlier. Um, she wrote a book on vulnerability and she said, that's the number one reason why people don't develop deeper, deep friendships is because of a fear of vulnerability. And I think that like, you've got to be willing to, the reason you become vulnerable is you've got to put yourself in a position where you could be rejected, yep. where someone may not like you, yep. you know? And especially if you're a new guy and you're walking into a place where there's like, all these people know each other and they're already friends, but I'm going to show up yeah, and take the risk 
like you said, of like maybe they're gonna be like, why is this guy here or whatever? Like you took that risk. Yeah, that's huge. Anything you would add to that, either one of y'all, on what? I mean, taking that step, taking the risk of vulnerability, like that's huge. Anything else though? Yeah, I think you know you gotta want. Like, I think I, we just wanted relationships more than I was like, well, I wonder what they'll think about my house or mm-hmm. s- small or I'm not a good cook or, you know, I don't have interesting things or whatever. It's like, I, th- I think maybe you have that in the back of your mind when you're trying mm-hmm. to make friends, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, man, I want friends worse than I want to, you know, worry about that or have that be. That's good. You know? and, and I think Bryce has had people, like you say, those connectors. One time, you can cut this out if you don't want to put it in, but um, <laughs> he's real touchy-feely. Pat you on the back, you know, mm-hmm. and um, some of the girls are like, man, I don't know about that new guy at Bible study, I think. They're like, he's kind of like touchy. And <laughs> Brian is like, man, that's just Bryce. Like, yeah. that's not yeah. weird, yeah. you know? Like, yep. also, you know, God, give, you know, people grace when you're like, they're yes. a little bit different, you know? Brian was yes. great to be like, what's y'all's problem? It's yes. not him, it's... Yep. You know. Yep. That's awesome. So those connector people really, you don't even realize how they are in your corner, you oh, know. Oh, man, it's um, huge. We all need that. Yeah. We all need that. And I think y'all are that, too, you know. I mean, you are, to make friends, you've got to kind of be a friend. I know y'all probably wouldn't say that, but because uh, you don't want to feel like you're patting yourself on the back. But I can just say as someone who has always enjoyed being around y'all is you are the kind of you are the kind of friend to others that you probably would want for yourself. And so, you know, I know my wife and I've talked about that a lot of times with you are, you are great listeners and you take an interest in people. That's huge because everybody wants to be able to talk about themselves or their kids or their job or something they're passionate about. And when you have someone who actually will show up and ask you questions about your life, like, that's why people are paying so much money for therapists right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you like, I've got good friends that are therapists, and they just ask questions. They never even give you a solution. A lot of times, they just let you talk about yourself, and you're like, "That was so therapeutic. Thank you so much." <laughs> and so, but y'all are great at that. And I was, I was actually going to say something about that, Jared, because I don't know. It's maybe a gift, maybe not, but I like people, mm-hmm. you know. And I heard a, I heard a quote. You one take time. a genuine interest. Well, in and I, I heard a quote one time years ago, and I always remember this, and it's a. I don't even know who said it. You've probably heard it too, but um, it says everyone you meet knows something that you don't. Your job is to find out what that is. Mm. And I, I mean, I love mm. digging in to, you know, what makes people tick and, you know, different interests and all that. And my wife calls me a professional hobbyist. I have an interest in pretty much everything. So, yeah. it's, you know, I want to know. I, I, I enjoy that, I guess. You know, I enjoy that part about getting to know folks. Yeah. Is that what led you into getting your pilot's license and buying a plane so you can... Well, that, drive back to that in a 12-hour drive. Well, you know, <laughs> Got old. To go, to go back to Nebraska. Bill, now yeah. they just, they ride the plane. <laughs> they fly, he flies a plane back home. And so Some, instead sometimes. of driving back. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. It it's makes, small, too. Yeah, it's not a big plane, but it, it does make it go a lot quicker than the 12-hour How long is the flight? Well, my little plane has to stop for fuel. So, and I'm kind of working on that, maybe upgrading. But, yeah, it's still about four or five hours by the time you stop for fuel. I couldn't do it, man. I'd be so afraid. Like, I'm, I have a fear of flying, especially, like, little planes. It's just like, man, I mean, <laughs> every little breeze you feel like. Yeah. Dude, if a, if a duck hits this thing, we're going down. <laughs> we are going down. Yeah. So, but good for y'all, man. And, and good for y'all raising your kids uh, to, to not be afraid of planes. So, if they can ride on a little one. To Nebraska, they'll be good. They, yeah. 
I don't even feel like they know the magnitude of what they, they just want to get there. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And they're terrible road trippers. I mean, you don't want to travel with the girls. You better not go to the bathroom more than once. They'll tell you, Jared, you're drinking too much water. Daddy, we want to get there. I mean, they're like slave I would actually love that. I've trained them well. Yeah. I want them to actually travel with uh, my kids and, and wife so they can shame them. A into verbal tongue not, lashing. Yeah, yeah that's they, that, Whatever works. <laughs> so let's transition to this. You guys are not just uh, you weren't you're not just here building friendships, which is huge, but you're also wanting to make the city a better place. And so, um, you know, you started a business, Heidi, that's provided a great service. Um, you know. Bryce, I know that I mean, both of y'all have been involved in different activities. You've served different capacities. You ran for city council, uh, Bryce, to be a blessing to the city. Where do you think that motivation comes from to not just establish roots, but to try to leave the city better than you found it? I mean, people have been good to us. The city has been good to us. Like, we're better than when we came here. And mm-hmm. so yeah. um, I think leadership Paragold is huge here, too, because – you realize like what it takes to like make all this go. And I mean, I think that's, I think leadership Paragold is just huge for our community. Hmm. That's good. Anything you'd add to that, Bryce? No, you know, that was kind of my deal. I mean, we've been so blessed since we moved here and really, you know, like I said, it's about the people, but it's about the place too. And the different things it has to offer. I guess more than anything, I just like to be involved in that, you know, and um, maybe it's my control OCD that I kind of like to have my opinions, you know, voiced as well. Maybe that's not good, but <laughs> no, I just, um, I just wanted to get involved. And um, I think that if I can help, you know, in Paragold, anything like they've helped us, um, you know, it's just kind of a, almost like a responsibility, I guess. Yeah. And right. I think both of our parents are involved in our church families, community growing up. Like I, I feel like that was both modeled well, That's really a, well for us. So yeah. it's easy to get involved in Paragold. You don't have that barrier of like, you're not from here. Yes. Um, and then I feel like both of our parents really have modeled that in different ways for us. That's yeah. huge. And being from here, I mean, yeah, it's, I don't need, there's also a, I've thought about this. I think there's an advantage to not being from a place because you have like that novelty factor, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I've noticed that it actually almost gives you a little bit of a in, in a way, because mm-hmm. you're not from here. Hmm. You know, um, a lot of our friends have grew up here and, and you can kind of see that they know everybody. I don't know all that background, so I'm mm-hmm. not afraid to ask mm-hmm. because I don't, I don't. You have real, a good excuse to yeah, ask. I don't realize, yeah. I don't even know what the background is, the family connections or, you know, whatever else. Um, so it's almost a little bit of a freedom too to have you know, that not being from here. Yeah, that's good. I, um, yeah, you know, to, to see people who serve and, and seek to bless a city and give back to a city versus those who don't, those who are serving and actually trying to be changed for the better rather than complain about it seem to be so much happier. And so I think that's, they're just pleasant people to be around, and I've found that to be true in my own life as well. And I think it's just important for people to hear that are listening, because a lot of times, not only people dealing with loneliness, but a lot of people dealing with depression and sorrow and, and even self-pity. I can fall in there at times, and it's just good to be able to look beyond yourself and to give away to others. And I think it's just, um, when I see y'all, I see two joyful people who are doing just that. So, um, well, how about some rapid-fire questions? Are you guys ready for that? Shoot. You ready for it? Okay. I'm going to pull the questions up on my phone. I'm going to start with you, Bryce, and then I'll go to you, Heidi, and then I'll start with you on the second question, Heidi, and go to Bryce, and we'll just keep alternating going back and forth. So, um, all right, Bryce, you ready? I guess. Rapid fire. 
We should have some music for this, Bill. I mean, we don't have one, but something, you know. I don't know what it would be. I was ready to pull one. I could tell, and I got nervous because I didn't know what you were going to bring up. So, uh, <laughs> all right, ready? Here we go, Bryce. What is something about you that maybe others don't know or might even often get wrong about you? I also have an introvert side. I've got to get away. Okay. Howdy. What's something that maybe others don't know about you or maybe get wrong about you? I don't know. Next. Okay. Next question. You're gonna. All right, here we go. Why? What's the last show or movie that you binged or that you just loved? You got into any show or movie? Or are y'all not really show movie people? You're more of a book person, aren't you? What? I mean, what's on the Food Network? It's got to be something there. Yeah. <laughs> food. So, ne- are you a Food Network person? Oh, chopped, yeah. and then if I don't make something good at home. They're like, oh, mom, you're chopped on this one. <laughs> so, yeah, it's blown uh, over. What about you? Or if it's not a, uh, we could go with the books. I know you're a big reader as well. Uh, I agree. But no, you know, I'm not a movie watcher, but the girls and I both, um, The Greatest Showman. We, yeah. We loved that's it. That's a good one, man. Yeah, we still watch it all, all the time. I want to jump in. I'll tell you what I'm binging on right now. Okay. So when I bought my office, I bought it from Fern and Kilmer Johnson, and they left their National Geographic's. From the 60s. From the 60s. So I am working through, yes, it's amazing. National Geographic's 1965 through 69, all the whole set. That sounds riveting. It is super fun. (laughs) I'm all in. It's like history, but then they are talking about like the moon and space and like probably what's going to happen in the next 15 years, which has not happened or has. (laughs) It is just awesome. Um, That's really cool. That is entertaining. That's what I'm binging on right now. Fantastic. Good answer. Um, Bryce, favorite band? Uh, Turnpike Troubadours. The who? Turnpike Troubadours. You know them, Bill? We don't know those. They might be more of the, uh, it's red dirt country. Okay. And so we're from that Oklahoma, Nebraska, Kansas, Texas scene. They're big. All right, maybe we can play them as an outro. Uh, Heidi, same for you, something different. I really like Maxbox 20. Ooh, now that's, I know some Maxbox 20. First yeah. concert for me. Oh. Seriously? Where was it at? The Pyramid in Memphis. Sold out? I don't know. Lifehouse was the opening band and Everclear was the Ooh, middle band. Yeah. Wow, that's a big lineup. Yeah. Hmm. Matchbox 20, that's a great band. All right, Heidi, here we go. What's your favorite meal? Favorite meal? I like steak. Mm-hmm. I really like apples, cheese, and nuts for lunch every day. Apples? Like any apple? or you Any like... apple. I've not met an apple I don't like. Right on. Cheese? You got a like cheddar? Gouda? What are we doing? Does it matter? And does it matter? Okay. Fantastic. That's a good lunch, Heidi. That woman eats more apples than you can imagine. Really? <laughs> yes. How many apples do you eat in a week? Oh. Oof. Yeah. No 20. telling? No. Oh, yeah. Two for lunch every day. Plus breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. You eat a raw apple for breakfast? Yeah. Do you have the no chopper one. where it, you put it over and it makes the slices? Or do you cut it or just bite into it? I cut it. You cut it? Okay. That's a lot of work. Bill is we a... Have uh, one, but she doesn't use it, yeah. Bill lives off a plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. Little fun fact for you. Yep. So Apple's he played... cheese and nuts for lunch for nope, you. Nope, can't do, can't do, can't do cheese. cheese. Doesn't grow on a plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grows on a cow. Did you know that, Bryce? Cattle farmer over there? Mm, I guess so. All right. So, favorite meal, Bryce? You know, probably Italian. I mean, I am a grew up 
steak guy, but Italian's tough to beat. Pasta's pretty good, man. Um, three more questions. Starting with you, Bryce. What's on your nightstand right now? Books. What books? Oh man, um, the uh, <clears throat> can't even think right now what's all on there. But the persuasion or persuasion, which is um, influence. The guy mm-hmm. that wrote influence mm-hmm. is that second book, persuasion. Um, know your Bible is actually like a Bible summary book. That's just a little one that I kind of like, just to summarize a lot of things. Um, hmm. Actually, one of Na- Heidi's National Geographic's that she strongly recommended. Not <laughs> opened yet. <clears throat> not sure I'll get to that, but uh, oh yeah, and then um, Red Red Circle. It's a book of uh, about a Navy SEAL. Ooh, so that sounds good. Heidi, what about you? What's on your nightstand? So National Geographic of right course. now. Yep. How could it not be? Yep, and um, then. One of the girls' books that we're reading. I can't remember what we're on right now. Heidi's a much better parent than I am. She reads to the girls every night. Good for you, Heidi. These kids are going to be 23, and I'm still going to be reading them. (laughs) That's fantastic. uh, I hear that's the secret to success. I don't think so, but they wind down pretty good. (laughs) And then there's Agnes and Alfred. It's this uh, book about immigrants from Germany. And how they came to the U.S. and then came back. And then my great-grandma's family, they were, like, doing a wheat harvest there. And so they're, like, in the story for, like, a page and a half. And my aunt gave it to me. And so it's interesting. Wow. That's really cool. All right. So two more questions. Start with you, Heidi. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you joy. Give me a snapshot just an ordinary moment in your life. It brings you some joy. Uh, reading to the girls at night. That's cool. That's awesome. Brass. Probably playing music, sitting down at the piano, and just playing whatever comes to me. Excellent. Last question. Start with you, Brass. What is one thing that you are deeply grateful for right now? Friends. Hmm. Family. Yeah. I'd say family right now. Bryce's parents just left today because I was out of town and Bryce was out of town. And it's a big privilege to have family that will come and, yeah. Yeah. Just Good. live life with us and be part of life. And even though we're not close, like our family does, like, yeah, do with us. So. That's cool. Well, guys, thank you all so much for making time to be here. This has been a lot of fun for me. Love y'all. And I'm very thankful that you're in my life and that we've had memories to share together and that I can have moments like this where I learn from you. So thankful for you, Jared. Thank Thank you you very much. Appreciate it. All right. So Bryce and Heidi Anderson have left the building. I love those two. Me too. First time you've met them? Yeah. Fantastic. They're transplants like you and Taylor. Mm Mm-hmm. So hopefully you guys stick around for a while too, man. They've been here for 15 years. Is I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Maybe a little longer. We could do 15 year commitment. Right on, man. Sign the contract now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, if you're still listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, please be sure and check us out on our different social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, we have an email list you can subscribe to. Um, and if you have not already done so, uh, we are close to 100 reviews on iTunes. And so um, if you haven't given us a five-star rating, please go do that. Um, that not only makes Bill and I feel good about the podcast, but more importantly, 
it helps other people find us more quickly and learn about just the great folks who are living here in Paragold. So as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.